0: This is Mindset for Success, a We Global Studios podcast. We explore the familiar, but not often talked about, deep-rooted emotional experiences that successful females have when setting up their businesses, and we learn how they overcame them. Good morning, everybody. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and I'm pleased to welcome to today's show, Trish Torizzi. Welcome, Trish. Thank you so much for being with me. Thanks, Leslie, happy to be here. Trish is a senior business executive with over 25 years working in Fortune 500 companies on major transformational strategies. Trish has held senior vice president and chief information officer positions at Houghton Mifflin Horcourt, and more recently at Hologic. Prior to these positions, Trish held various leadership positions at Accenture National Grid, Charles Rivers Laboratories and Boston Scientific. Throughout her career, she has led large teams spanning the globe to deliver complex and large scale business and system transformations. She has recently moved into independent counseling where she is helping companies define and successfully execute on their business strategies. Trish is an International Coaching Federation certified career and life coach Trish is also the mother of two, and in their spare time, they enjoy skiing, hiking, and traveling to new and interesting places around the world to soak up local culture. Welcome again. Thank Trish, you. Would you. Trish, um, would you mind sharing with our listeners just a little bit about your background growing up? Sure. Go, go back to the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, as as far as you'd like to go, or as
1: and just to give us a sense of how yeah. you got to where you are now, yeah, sure. I um, I was born and raised in Connecticut, um, and uh, very, very modest upbringing in town. Um, there was really no nobody in my family who was ever college bound, and uh, and so at first I wasn't either, and um, did this, that, and the other thing after high school, but I eventually kind of started figuring things out and and thinking first I need to get out of this small quaint but small town mm-hmm. and, uh, and second I need to go to college so I I went to college a little bit later in life than your traditional student and you know I think as a result of that when you're working to pay for your college you mm-hmm. make the most out of every every mm-hmm. credit mm-hmm. you're earning mm-hmm. so you know my goal was um essentially to come out and, you know, land in a place, you know, get a job that I would love forever, land in a place um, that I'd be happy, and that I can earn a good living. And, um, mm-hmm. and so, for me, I I started, uh, you know, I, I earned a degree in um, industrial engineering, which mm-hmm. seemed like a good place, because it was really versatile in terms of where you can go to work and what you could do. Um, from there, I got I was picked up by um well, at the time you was Anderson Consulting. It's now Accenture. And so mm-hmm. I really started my career as a consultant, which um, which I you know, is so grateful for because in you know, in that world, I don't know, I've heard some people say that one year of consulting is like six years in business. So, you know, it's like mm-hmm. dog years six or seven years. Mm-hmm. So I right. feel that the several years I spent there, I learned so much about. Um, about so many different aspects of business across multiple industries, and that that really was was kind of the 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 foundation the platform from which I was able to step from. It sounds like there's a love of learning always on board for you, yes, yeah, definitely, even today, as I think about um, you know I look now in the rear view mirror and I look at thirty years of work. And I still, you, you, you've hit it right on the head here, You, um, <laughs> a good read of people, Leslie. But, um, oh. but that's, yeah, that's one thing that really, um, that, that excites me every day about work and whatever I do for work is, is what, what can I learn today?
0: And has it shaped some of the decisions or risks that you took over the years in your career?
1: Yeah, probably, probably in a subtle way that if we were not talking about it, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even said it or thought about Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, as I, as I think back now, you know, I guess there's, you know, everybody's got their own, their own character and, and what their, what their comfort level is. My comfort level is stepping off and doing something new. Even Mm -hmm. if I don't know how to do it, even if I have Mm -hmm. no idea what it is, um, if I, you know, if somebody offers an opportunity or I see something, I think what works for me is just jumping right in and taking on that, that new thing. So when you think about risk, then, you know, I, I was probably taking on for me, what wasn't for me, I didn't see it as risk. I saw it as fun Mm-hmm. Um, Where other people might see, oh gosh, if I leave my comfort zone or I, you know, or I step away from what I know, I'm taking a risk. And you've always
0: been comfortable with stepping away from what you know.
1: Do you think? Yes. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> it's just <laughs> as you're, like I said. I, I am. I'm the kind of person that can become. I think I'm the kind of person that, you know, I can become um, bored very easily. Mm-hmm. so, just in in the same job, doing the same thing, you know, and and kind of getting the hang of it. I think by the time I get the hang of it, I'm ready for something new,
0: just the idea of being challenged by new things and doing different things, not wanting right. to kind of just get, I don't know, bored or or lazy. I don't know,
1: yeah. yeah. and i don't I don't know if it's necessarily lazy because you know, in in many jobs, you have to work really hard and you're really busy and And you're you know, and it's in many jobs it's it's um it's the same thing, right? Mm-hmm, and I, guess, mm-hmm. I guess for every person, what's their level of new things they want to take into that? and I think if you if I think of a spectrum of you know level level one being, you know, I'll take on something ten percent new every month or every year, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. to the other side of the spectrum, you know, I'll take a 90% new, like a whole net new thing, whether it's a new industry, a new company, a new, Mm -hmm. a new role, I'm probably further to the right on that scale, much further. Mm
0: -hmm. And for some of the clients that you work with who are maybe
1: afraid of going out of their comfort zones? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, um, it's, for for different clients, there's different there's different things that they have, um, maybe holding them back from that, and it could be security, it could be confidence, and I mm-hmm. think what's important is, depending on the person, it's really understanding, you know, through through deep conversation and and mm-hmm. self exploration. What is it for those that want to do something, but they feel there's something holding them back, Mm -hmm. digging in deep and, and quickly figuring out what is it? Is it a confidence thing? Is it a risk thing? And then once you identify that, then say, okay, now how do we get, how do we get through or across that?
0: Let me ask you this because of your career and the decisions you made to leave outside, to live outside, sometimes your comfort zone. What is it like when you have to manage emotions in the workplace? And any suggestions for folks listening in on when emotions get really difficult around stuff at work because because you feel anxious or you feel like you're going to fail? What sorts of things might you recommend?
1: When I when I think about all of the different emotions that steer individuals in in a certain way, Again, Leslie, understanding what's driving the emotion, what's the root cause is critical. And, you know, I could give some examples here, but again, I think first you have to get into why, right? And then, then but, you know, you know, taking a broader view, when I think about a lot of the people I work with, um, that that something's holding the back, you know, many are women in male dominated fields, or women at male dominated levels in their mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. And, um, and with that, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of things that happen in a work environment or in a social, any kind of social setting, when, you know, I'll, yeah, I call it the zebra, if you're the zebra in the herd of elephants, what's the dynamic? What's the social dynamic? Mm-hmm. That's a- even ignite or heighten existing emotions Mm -hmm. that maybe Mm -hmm. you normally don't have. So, um, so in those cases, because there's so many of those, when you, when, when I work with women in male dominated fields and you think about the dynamics that are at play, the first thing I do with, you know, the women I work with is, is educate on, the cycle of socialization. You know, why do those dynamics occur? Mm-hmm, and at the mm-hmm. end of the day, really getting into that—that that part of that education with women, so they understand it's not them. These dynamics are not because they, as individuals, are not valued, or they, as individuals, are not welcomed at the table. These dynamics that occur because of the so- you know, cycle of socialization occur because. The herd and the and the individuals in the herd are almost hardwired in a certain way, sometimes to not even see the zebra in the Right. Room. And making sure, again, creating that awareness, it's important that the herd understands that. And that's, you know, more around inclusivity training and all of that kind of stuff. But for the person themselves that that are that are the one in the group, first making sure they deeply understand it's not about them as individuals. Right how smart they are and whether they've got something to bring to the table. Once they get to understand that, I think it, it almost, it, it allows people I've seen people like stand up a little straighter mm-hmm, and switch mm-hmm. their shoulders back. Like, wait a minute, it's not me. Mm-hmm. It, and, and then, and then sharing with them, what can they do to not mm-hmm. just change the dynamic, but to leverage mm-hmm. that dynamic for their success. And, you know, it goes, that really goes a long way. And that, and those emotions could be, again, confident, you know, how confident you are Mm -hmm, about what what you're bringing to the table, um, how much you value yourself, you know, among the group, and therefore how vocal should you be? And, you Mm know, I could go on and on, but it it really hits on a lot of the different emotions.
0: Also, it sounds like it's important too that people feel seen feel visible.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think one of the one of the, you know, what you hear so many people as you talk about why they feel a certain way when they walk into a room. Um so, so, you know, many people have probably heard, you know, oh, they don't have executive presence. Or they are not really leaning in and participating. I don't know what they're bringing to the table. You know, the, how you, how you're carrying yourself in these sessions or or in these settings contribute to how other people perceive you, whether they even, but if you yourself, you know, it's, it's this horrible, it's this vicious circle or cycle, because if you're walking to a room and nobody's making eye contact with you, you're questioning whether or not you should be there. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Now, the people in the mm-hmm. room, because of socialization, because of the dynamics of a herd, they didn't all gang up before this and say, when right. Shelly comes to the room, let's not look at her. Let's not make eye contact with her.
0: Mm-hmm. That's not
1: happening. But it happens. It looks like it was planned, but it wasn't. And it happens. And for Shelly walking into the room, um, it it's feeding, If even if there was a hair of insecurity right. or low confidence... It now just puts the finishing touch on that. Like I shouldn't be here. I'm not valuable. I'm not Mm -hmm. whatever. And then Mm -hmm. the self now will further put that person in a corner and separate from others, which then feeds the cycle. And then before you know it, the person's invisible to the herd. And let's face it, if we feel invisible, if we feel not valued, we don't feel like we should be there. And we are as human beings not happy whether it's mm-hmm. in a social setting or a, a social setting in the workplace.
0: And then it's really easy to not get motivated, which sort of sends right. you down another loop, right? That exactly. It's hard, to, hard <laughs> to get up and say, okay, I'm going to try this differently. Exactly,
1: right. And learning, understanding why it's happening and then learning how, you know, how to change that dynamic is, I mean, with a couple of very tactical kind of things that people could do. And again, recognizing why it happens and really understanding that deeply and expecting it.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: expect it when you're walking into a room and the, and you, because you know why it happens and it has nothing to do with you. And then you have a couple of tactics to change the dynamic, mm-hmm. you, significant game changer for, for many people.
0: Early, early in your career, did you feel like that zebra or you've always sort of intuitively understood how to be seen?
1: You know, Leslie, that's a great question because I've been thinking, I've been thinking about this discussion thinking, did I have a point or a moment in time where I didn't feel seen or I felt out of, you know, the zebra? And and keep in mind, a zebra, I guess before I answer, I'll buy myself some time by saying for the for the listeners, <laughs> a zebra can be... The one of anything. It could be the one woman in the room, the one person of color in the room. It could mm-hmm. be the one girl in the room of all women. It could be the, you know, you name your one, right? That's why I always use the analogy zebra in a herd because the zebra mm-hmm. could be. Anything. I would say there there when i when I look back, when I think about, was I always the norm in any of my settings, I always think, you know, as I think about it, probably, 99% of the time, I've not been one of the herd. Mm-hmm. I've been somehow the zebra, whatever that, whatever that is. Um, and, and so did I ever feel, and I don't know, maybe, maybe it was always that way at such a young age that you build, you don't even know how, but you build up your own tactics to be seen and maybe I've been doing mm-hmm. it so early, I don't even know what those are. I help women now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as, as adults figure out how to do that. But for myself, I don't know. It was just something that I I found what worked and what didn't work. Because I'm naturally an extrovert. I'm naturally curious. I'm naturally a learner. But I think the extrovert has a lot to do with it. I would just shoulder my way in, even if I didn't feel like mm-hmm. I was one. Yeah, so, you know, but but I can think of... Times when I was certainly not in the herd. What yeah. about when you, you? I don't know if you told me you were doing informational technology or, or science tech. What did you say you started with? Yeah. In the- well, I've spent my career. So, as a CIO, Chief Information Officer, the majority of the work I've done, well, when I started, it was in consulting. And, you know, of course, that's um, at the time was very male dominated. where I was going. Right? Engineering, um, you know, I was one of, you know, like, or a handful of people in my class of engineering. And then in technology, right? Information technology, of course, you know, very, very, but when I was going in, maybe 3% of the people in any workforce were women, maybe, maybe 3%. And then as you rise in your career, and you go from individual contributor to manager, you are now in the one percentile. And then when you go to executive, you're even less than that, which it turns the tables. Now you're in a leadership position of, you know, a male dominated workforce.
0: What would you tell women who are in male dominated fields about
1: feeling like an outsider? I think many do because of the dynamics that play out in the workplace. And these are, again, the dynamics that people aren't doing intentionally. They're wired that way to do it. So I think the first thing is, um, I I would tell them, go read um go read about socialization you don't have to become a scientist you can just read about mm-hmm. about those dynamics that occur what happens some of this literature is you know the information is is hard to get your hands on but first recognize it's not you second learn to change the dynamic if you're in a group and you're in a team meeting and people are no longer making eye contact with you you've disappeared do what I call the bobbing and weaving. Kind of get in there and mm-hmm. get between two people. Insert yourself in the conversation. Mm-hmm. You'll actually see people around you, kind of like, "Oh, hey!" And then they're you're engaging with yeah. them. Become engaging with them. Don't let those signals mm-hmm. close you down. Like, and don't ever let your voice, that voice inside of you, quietly tell you. I don't belong here or Mm -hmm. they don't want me here because that's not the case. It might look like that. It might feel like that, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. And find your strength to change that dynamic right, right in that moment. Fantastic. Really
0: helpful. I appreciate so much your time. I can't believe we're already finished. Um, If people wanted to learn a little bit more about you, how can they find you online?
1: Certainly, so it's Trish Terizo. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I have a website for for this company, Ascentia. So it's a s c e n t i y a dot com, and um, and there we have. There's all kinds. You can click on almost every button and get either an email to me or um, or you could even set up. Um, we have complimentary twenty minute 20-minute chats with me. If people just press the button, schedule your chat, it goes to my Calendly, and you can pop on my calendar. Great. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Leslie.
0: This podcast is brought to you by We Global Studios, the first startup innovation studio and digital DIY startup platform for women entrepreneurs around the world. For more information on our guests, this podcast, and many other female founder programs, please visit WeGlobalStudios.com. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Please drop me a line at MindsetForSuccess at WeGlobalStudios.com. See you next week.